you to watch. Fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely what I'm going to put. <laughs> All right. So, live events going. Uh, I'm going to throw this link around everywhere. Uh, and I've got to watch it because of the damn bots. I saw that, like, because you tagged me in the first post today. I was like, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he tagged about the the podcast tonight. And, like, so I pulled it up, and I was just like, yeah, that's what it was. And it was like, boom, 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 bot, bot, bot. And I was like, I just watched five. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I was like, are you fucking kidding? It was quick. It was like, boom, boom. Um, if you're wondering about the bot that I had last week, our relationship has ended. Oh, it got turned in for spam like a little after we broadcast last week. So I was a little sad to see it go, but are you okay? All things of love and bots. Like I'm worried about you. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's a little bit of me that wants to hope that it was listening in and like it was sad that it lost a friend. <laughs> Because I was talking shit about it on YouTube. Because it's only a matter of time. Let's see. All right, now that I've got the fucking link. Um, so yeah, so what's been going on with you? Uh, uh, nothing. You know? Luke uh, doesn't want you guys. Yeah, let him know. Shit about it on YouTube. <laughs> I don't want anyone watching this but bots. <laughs> <laughs> Only bots. Luke Sordas. Uh, there were some, some good things going on in the world of geek stuff, I guess. Uh, I'm assuming you watched the Jedi trailer. Yeah, I'm assuming you didn't. Uh, yeah, you want to bullshit about that for five minutes while I spin, spin this around the internet? Sure. I'm just. I'm really curious on. Per our conversation a couple episodes ago, because I can't keep this straight anymore. This is like. Are there going to be dragons? Is this our seventh or eighth episode? Like we've been doing this a while now. Uh, yeah, this is seven. Yeah. So uh, two or three episodes ago, you literally said you were done with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You, you were checked out and done. So why don't you just watch the trailer? If you're done. Why are you hiding? Listen. Trailer? There's a thing that's happening is like December's hit or miss. And I'm hoping that it's a good movie because I'll see it just because the, I guess the caliber and production value of the movie. Um, I just really don't want to though. Like if there's something that can, that can turn the tide when December hits and be like, you know, you don't have to see it, but it's going to be, I don't know. I walk a very fine line where I don't want to see it in case that I actually go to it in December. Uh, and also, I just want to be done with Star Wars. One, you're wrong, because Star Wars is great, and everyone needs it. They need it in their life. Uh, I think it looks great. The teaser literally doesn't show anything. See, it's- that's what you say. And then I watched... I watched the trailers after I, I see the movies, and Fate of the Furious gave me some bigger points. Uh, I know, like, the past uh, Fast and Furious movies, like, 
uh, they gave away a lot of the big points. I think six was like all the major points of the movie were in the trailer. Um, I guess eights wasn't that bad, but I mean, it's just the nature of the beast anymore. Yeah, for trailers, but this is 100% a teaser. Like, do you ever see the the first Force Awakens teaser? Where it's like... No, um... What, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... Like, that, that teaser was perfect because, like, it didn't... It just set the mood, basically. That's all this one does, too. There's literally... It's a two-minute trailer. It's a two-minute trailer, and there's maybe... 45 seconds of actual footage between like the blackouts and this December and the title treatment. It, you know, you see, Hey, you, you barely see Luke. It's just shots, quick shots of stuff, set the tone. Um, it looks like it's going darker. It's following, you know, if if force awakens was star Wars, this is going to be the empire. It looks darker. It looks bleaker. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like if it is an empire, I mean, that was all always a darker mood movie. Um, just everything that happened. But, yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm kind of just done with it all, but also, uh, I know that I'm too tied into the world now to let it go, which sucks. Well, I, I, I think even, I think even if you're like, I'm done with Star Wars, I don't give a shit, you're gonna go see it in December because of the caliber of filmmaking. Like, Ryan One, Johnson's two four bots already. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should stop putting, you know, the title of the movie that we're talking about in that. I mean, no way. This is just a game for me now. This whole hour-long podcast we do, it's all just a setup, just for this little I get to talk to my bots once a week. It's like I'm their papa. I'm their papa. <laughs> Uh, I think I got them handled. Okay. I mean, we'll check in in a couple minutes, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what else did you see? Here's what I hope comes of the Jedi trailer. Um, I really hope there's, I've seen whispers of what went on and like, I know that is like the last line, something about being the last Jedi. Um, the Luke says the last line is it's a voiceover from Luke and a custom saying it where he says like the only thing I know is it's time for the Jedi to end. Like that's the last okay. line. And weirdly, people are like, Luke's going dark. He's going bad, and that's not what I read it as. I read it as he's just done. Like, he's like, there's no point in the Jedi anymore. You know, why, why fight it? See, and that's what I hope, too. I think that would be a great climax for the nine movies, is to, like, realization that there's a gray area and there's black and white to everybody. Um, and I think there has to be, because being all good, like, you're inherently going to do some bad shit along the way. I mean, there's no way anybody can be pure good. And I don't know. I, I love that people were yelling spoiler about that, and it's like, you guys know what the title of the movie is, right? <laughs> no shit. Uh, <laughs> it's whatever. It just it got me excited. Like, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly in. I love Star Wars, and 
I'm always have and always will. Listen, I swear to Christ, if we get a fucking fourth Death Star, I'm gonna I'm everything in my power as a human being is going to be put towards ruining every last bit of the Star Wars franchise. Like I'll become the villain for that. I think you need to calm down because it's a good plan. We don't need any more Death Stars. It's stupid. You always need a Death Star. You know what's cooler than the Death Star? What? No. And everybody hates the Ewoks. Fuck it. So it's the worst of the original trilogy. I'll say it. I hate Return of the Jedi. Piece of shit. Okay, but first of all, you're going up against the the first and second of the like iterations, and those are just massively better. But Return of the Jedi is not a bad movie. It is. And plus, you get the lovable little dorky teddy bears. Nah, Return of the Jedi is a bad movie. You're telling me if you could have an Ewok just sit on your lap and call you Papa? You wouldn't take that? I wouldn't, because they're creepy little creeps. And they're blood... Oh, come on. You love that kind of shit. They're bloodthirsty killers. <laughs> Are they now? I think you're being a little over the top. Are they? I saw them crush a stormtrooper with rocks. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They did totally we're gonna eat them, and like, okay. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on this one. I mean, I take one though, and they're just so cute. And they're like big mogwais. No, listen, they they fucking they they murder tons of imperial guards. They they and then there's like, hey guys, come back to our treehouse, and we're gonna give you all X, and we're gonna dance around because we're creeps. They're fucking weird. yeah. Well, part of that isn't awesome. Why do you think Luke was seeing ghosts? It's because they drugged him. Ewok. Uh. <laughs> best part of the future. I mean, everybody wants to be drugged by little teddy bears and run around. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, now that I've got the links set around the internet, uh, we can really get into bullshitting. Um, Did you want to talk about the X-Men fiasco? Uh, How much did you go into it, I guess, looking at uh, I think I've kind of been down the rabbit hole. The only thing I haven't done, I guess, is actually read the the issue. Um, I guess it concerns me because uh, writing and uh, drawing my own comic, it's like this guy really tested the boundaries of what he actually should be doing. And um, there's a huge uproar. If you didn't know X-Men Gold... Yeah, volume or issue one. Um, there was a lot of religious type of imagery introduced into the art after it had been cleared, I believe. Um, snuck it in, and like once it got printed and sent out, like people started noticing, and like there was a big uproar. Uh, did you see the amended pages? Yeah, where they put a grocery store up instead. Yeah, uh, a lot of it's just basically erasing uh, the stuff that was put in place. Um, There is one panel in particular, though, uh, which had Nightcrawler uh, hitting the baseball. I don't buy that that was intentional. Like, I think that's either. 
but I've been thinking about it the last day. It's like, why would, like, as an artist, I don't know why I would cover my art with just a simple action swing of the bat. So it's like, at that point, it almost had to be intentional. Um, but I think if I would have read it, I would have just uh, scanned right past that panel and not even thought two seconds about it. Yeah, so it, it's weird because there's the, the the two sides of it. Uh, he he says that Marvel cleared all the art. You know, that was his defense. He said thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. And, like, he was trying to describe it as it's, it's not anti-Semitic. This is what it means. And I'm not familiar enough with the Quran to put argument behind it. I'm just saying that one side sees it as anti-Semitic and he sees it as another way. And that's how I read it. Mm -hmm. So like they fired him for it. Uh, and he came yeah. out and was like, did you, you saw his press release or his statement, right? Yeah. Yeah. He basically just backtracked real quick and said, uh, this is not what I meant it to be. I'm sorry for stepping on everybody's feet and everything. And like, I think he was interviewed for a separate, like an actual, um, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but just a, uh, a religious paper or uh, website interviewed him and like he fully confessed and was like, yeah, it actually meant what they thought it did. And like, at, at that point I was trying to be like, maybe he made a mistake and everything else. But like that interview came out and I was like, well, Maybe the guy's just an a-hole and he needed to be fired. Yeah, because the, 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 so. the quote I saw from, like, the last thing was that he was just like, I, I didn't mean it. It wasn't the way people took it. But, you know, Jews run Disney and you can't barter with the Jews. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you really did mean it. <laughs> it was a very bit it was a very broad tipping point it's like listen i don't need all you guys but you know fuck you it was very much reminiscent of that and it's like you like you got what came to you so yeah and it's it oh. just literally watch someone throw their career away you know for i'm for sure he's never going to be working for the big two at least no. Yeah, I, I get him like, doing image maybe a decade, but he'll never work with the big two again. Was there any other uh any other kind of like nerdy news before we get really into it? Well, uh what, new season of Mystery Science Theater dropped this weekend. That's a big have you watched any? Uh, I've watched the first, I believe, yeah. Um, uh, I think the new Doctor Who dropped yesterday as well. Oh, fuck Doctor Who. Listen, I don't, I don't watch it. I've just seen a few people around the internet saying it was great, and I was like, oh, good on you. I love Doctor Who. I guess you have Star Wars, and I have uh, something, and then those guys I have Doctor Who. Listen, I watch Doctor Who all the time. I drank last night, or I'd be drinking now. Uh, but I fucking I used to love Doctor Who, and a part of me still does. But it went off the rails so hard that I just couldn't watch it anymore. Like I made it to what? Peter when did Falk. you drop off? 
Uh, not last season, but the season before. Peter Capaldi's first season. Like, I made it, like, four episodes in. And I was just like, it's okay. so bad now. I think he's still the doctor, I, though, isn't he? Yeah, this is his last season, I believe. I think they just announced his replacement. Yeah, I just... I, I need Stephen Moffat to get off that show. Like, I just need... Uh, yeah, off. from what I see, uh, Moffat is, like, kind of just deteriorating in his writing. Which kind of sucks, because he's in a lot of productions that make it over stateside from... Um, my favorite being Sherlock. Um, I think they kind of figured out where it's going for the next season or a couple of them a few years back. So I'm not quite so worried, but from people I'm talking to, like Moffat is just kind of just running shit into the ground at this point. Yeah. And that's why I bailed. So, well, maybe once he's gone, maybe I'll try again, but it just wasn't the, the doctor who that we like. So. That's fair. Uh, a couple of friends in the, <laughs> the uh, chat are talking about Doctor Doctor Who too, and uh, they're agreeing that the new season's kind of meh. Uh, the best companion was K nine. Uh, I'm agreeing with that because who doesn't want the dog companion? The best companion was Rory and Rose. They're real close, and Donna. Donna's right up there too. But K-9 was just in a couple episodes. Um, I'm going to have to side with the Ronin on this one and say K-9 was the best because, I mean, he, brought, he was. It is a dog, so it is cool. <laughs> so you want to uh, – you just watched Train to uh, Bazan a few, few hours ago, right? Yeah, right, when you were like, hey, we're podcasting tonight. And I was like, I got to sit down and watch that real quick. Uh, I literally just finished it up maybe a half hour ago. Uh, do you want me to go first? You go first. Uh, go first. Let's see what you thought. I I was uh, surprised in how much I did. I think when you suggested it last week and I read immediately on Netflix, it was a zombie uh, horror movie. I was like, eh, I mean... You're making me so I got to, but I wasn't all that interested. And from the get-go, it set the tone really nice. Um, I enjoyed the design of the zombies and, like, the story. You don't need all that set-up bullshit. Like, you're thrown into this world, you start believing, and then you're with them. So, I liked it um, it was okay. Like, uh, Son of a bitch! <laughs> I really thought you were going to enjoy this just as much as I did. Um, it was okay. Um, I literally, I got to, like, where there was, like, 30 minutes left, and I was like, ah, I gotta pause this and take a smoke break, because I'm just losing interest. You stopped but, at what point? Like, the last 30 minutes. Like, oh, I had okay. to stop and take a break. Uh, but like we talked about last week when I was when I suggested it, I think zombie fiction is completely fucking played out. Like I think there's nothing part, yeah. new to tell. And it, so I was like, here's a new take on it. Maybe that's the only way to make it interesting is to do something unconventional with it. And I felt it did do that. 
it uh, it used its setting well, and there was some stuff in there I genuinely liked. I really liked when they were, you know, hitting the tunnels and they could only move when they couldn't see and trying to trick them with sound. I thought that was really inventive, but on the whole, it was just just boilerplate still. Like, it was just yeah. zombie stuff, you know. I actually had to look up to see okay. who had... The, the zombies in this movie are runners, which started with Snyder, right? When he redid uh, uh, Dawn? Te- it depends on what you want to call a zombie, because technically 28 Days Later was the first one to introduce the running okay. zombie. But okay. it, those technically zombies, so depends on what you want to call Yeah, that was more of a infection, wasn't it? That wasn't really a zombie. Yeah, but they were zombies, but it was an infection, but they were zombies, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, like, the, set it, set the tempo really nice. Um, I paused at like an hour in, uh, just cause I had to grab a drink and stuff and realized I was only halfway through the movie and like it kept pace really well. Um, it, at a certain point you feel like, okay, everything's going to be fine. And then like all hell breaks loose again. And, like, you realize that everybody's expendable on the movie. And it's like, all right, now I'm back in. And uh, that was the point that I really turned in and was like, all right, I'm in. And I, I in, in my opinion, um, I think we could have done with less characters and fleshed out more of them than having more characters make them expendable. Like, I didn't give a shit about that homeless dude. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't give a shit about the baseball player and his girlfriend because they weren't given a backstory. You know, if we had focused mm-hmm. on some other people and given these people more time, more weight to the losing them and stuff. And the only one I really gave a shit about was the dude. I was like, who's this fat motherfucker in the coat? And he rips it off. And he's just jacked and starts beating the shit out. Yes. Of him. Yes. And just fucking full on fist fighting zombies. I was like, all right, this is my guy. This is my dude. Uh, yeah. He had a pregnant wife and was like, just, he, he wasn't going to let shit happen. So stand up guy all around. Uh, also the zombies, like when they snapped to being zombies, I thought that was really cool. I think Korea probably does it the best because they handle that horror theme much more than we do here in America. But like, I don't know if it's the effect of them snapping into a zombie or like just the sound effects, but it just, Every single one of them, it was like uh, fucking terrifying. Yeah, and, and there was there's stuff in there that I thought was cool. Like I said, I liked the stuff with uh, the light and going through the tunnels. I liked when uh, when they were in the train yard right in front of Busan, and they were yeah. underneath the train, and the zombies were trying to break through the window. That was a really cool design. Uh, but there's also like internal logic things that don't make sense. You know, there's that whole part where the they they get from the back of the train to the front where the other group of survivors are and there's that piece of shit coo guy who's just like fuck them they're infected don't let them in but you've already seen in the movie that you turn almost instantly once bitten yeah except for a couple main characters who don't so there's i was i was intrigued that even if they thought they were infected like they they had them walk past them 
It's like, you motherfuckers have been seeing these motherfuckers go batshit crazy for the last two hours, and you're just going to be like, walk to the front, please. It's like, nope. Fuck yeah, and, and I felt for as, as shitty as that dude was, the CEO guy who was trying to like run everything and just fucking over everyone left and right to save himself, he didn't get the comeuppance he deserved. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. I wanted him to get thrown off that last train engine. Oh my god, yes, that was. I was like, yes, yes, and then it never, it never gave it to us. Um, yeah, there were a couple brilliant parts. I think of hiding themselves from them, like when the uh, pregnant chick uh, splashes water on the window and sticks newspaper to it so they can't see them. Uh, that was really. I was like, why the fuck aren't you guys doing this more? Like, just hide from them. Uh, also, when the homeless guy throws a jacket on one of them, and it's like, shit, what am I doing? Yeah, to me, like... And, like, gets it off. He's like, oh, yeah, I was eating people. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> there's little touches in it that I really liked, but I I don't think... I don't think it justified a two-hour runtime. I think it could have cut a lot. I think we could have parsed down characters yeah. and give them more to do. And it would have made a stronger film overall. Uh, not pissed I watched it, but I was hoping for something better. I think it's probably a testament that I don't watch many zombie flicks or or in general. That probably made it a little bit more enjoyable for me. But, yeah, I really dug it. Cool. So, there we go. Those right are- on. Uh, so... <laughs> On to the main attraction, the one that the the bots keep eating us alive for. Uh, let's well, talk actually, about it. Actually, I, I saw another movie this week, if you want to hold off for a little bit. Oh, wait. Yeah, did you see Ghost in the Shell? No, I didn't see Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is the one movie I tell you I'm going to see, but then never go see. I went and saw... Oh, you motherfucker. Uh, you saw what? I saw an indie movie. It's, uh, it's called Personal Shopper. Uh, it's, uh, it was, it's by a French director and writer. Um, had, I don't know, you, you live, so you don't get limited release films where you are. You don't have that kind of, that cinema around. So we, we do sometimes, sometimes like Jordan Creek will get a bigger one that's gaining traction or whatever, but we have Fleur. It's like an indie cinema downtown. Mm -hmm. Every time I've gone to an indie movie, it really bugs me out because there's about maybe at most like 12 of us in the theater, and I'm always the youngest one by like 60 years. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So here's the premise to this movie, okay? It stars uh, Kristen Stewart. Uh, She is a personal shopper in Paris. So she buys, like, clothes for rich people, gives them stuff to wear, you know, does the shopping for them, for their outfits and stuff. She's in Paris doing that. She had a twin brother who just died uh, a couple months ago of a congenital heart defect that she has as well. And they both felt they were mediums and connected to the spirit world. So she's hanging around trying to wait for a sign from him. They said whoever dies first will make contact about the afterlife mm-hmm. so so there's the 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 fashion and the idea of celebrity culture on one side 
there's this weird because there are motherfucking ghosts in this movie so there's this ghost part of it there's the idea of the general malaise of millennials and loss of identity they can't do this to themselves and um and there's a murder mystery at one point all thrown into this movie and i'm like why the fuck are there 60 year olds in here and how did they find out about this movie like this doesn't make any sense you think they were just rolling the dice and they just lost a bet with their significant other? Some of them were by themselves. <laughs> That's that sounds like a wild ride. Um, it it's impeccably made. Uh, it's a really beautiful film, but uh, it's it's slow at times. Um, but there's a segment in the middle of it where it's probably 25 minutes of there's no dialogue. It's just text exchanges and it's one-sided. You just see her getting these texts and her thinking about responding or whatever. And it just, it works and the tension builds and builds and it's really good. I don't know if that's a talk to like our generation where I, I don't interact well with people. And a lot of my. Do you think that tension builds well because you're not seeing Kristen Stewart's bad acting skills? She is really, really strong in this movie. Like it's a really good performance. I really hate that you. I had to. I had to make that joke because I had to get that response, and now I'm kind of really interested. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. And it's 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 not showy. It's uh, it's a very subdued performance, and a lot of it has to do with it's almost a non-acting thing. It's it's what she does with her hands that you kind of focus on, and she's doing a lot of acting through that. It's super interesting, um, worth watching if you can catch it on like Netflix on drops or something. Because I know a lot of people don't have access to limited run movies. Do you think um, her hands and David Duchovny hands could show up in like a Zoolander spinoff and be hand models? Listen, if is, that, I, is that something you want? I was gonna say I would do anything to have more Duchovny in my life, but I watched <laughs> I watched that motherfucking X Files prequel or sequel mini series thing. It was so bad. It was so bad that I might think Ooh. back Duchovny. Don't let's not let's not be dramatic. I mean, let's relax. I mean, David Duchovny is still a wonderful person. Listen, okay. Let me ask you a question, okay? How much <laughs> do you actually love David Duchovny, or how much do you love that scene that we always quote? Uh, I love David Duchovny, and that scene oh, that we oh. always quote is fucking great. I fucking love David Duchovny. I only wish I had a poster of David Duchovny on my wall because that shit would be in a frame. All I know is that's a throwaway joke in some random movie and it's one of the most persistent quoted jokes between us and I love it. Listen, if in all honesty, nobody should like that movie for that one simple line. It's it's at least top half of all the movies I own. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. 
fucking love David Duchovny. I mean, he's got a point. Why wouldn't you love David Duchovny? It's true. I mean, uh, in, I can't trust a mortal human being that doesn't love David Duchovny. Yeah. And there were some really rough moments for uh, Californication. Finished it. I I don't think I watched the last. Are you kidding me? At least uh, the, the last season ties it up really well. That's a show though that I wish they had done a one and done. Like, because I think that ending of the first season works. Oh, dude, that first season is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching this and you haven't seen Californication, watch the first season and then stop. Because you, you won't get better than that first season. It's just David Coveney fucking everything he sees. He's a writer. Um, he moved to L.A. from New York. He loves New York City, hates L.A., and then he writes about that. So go see it. That first season, anyway. Yeah, and like I said, the first season ends perfectly. Like, it's an ending. Never had to come back. And I felt... In the later seasons, they just kept doing the same thing over and over and over. And that's why I never yeah. finished it. Uh, also, Evolution's a great film. What's a great film? Evolution. Did you say Evolution is a great film? Uh, that's a comment on the video, yeah. I'll stand by <laughs> it because uh, Eero shares a uh, birthday with David Company. God, that's awesome. I'm a little fucking jealous right now. Uh, I also saw another movie. Uh, it wasn't Ghost in the Shell because okay. I already got that out of my life. So I don't have to worry about it again. Um, Listen, I we're like in episode like 67. I'm going to sit down and be like, I saw Ghost in the Shell and your head's going to explode. Just uh, I saw Going in Style. Oh, does that uh, yeah. Is this the movie that he kickstarted? No, he he starred in the movie he he kickstarted. Oh, okay, okay. And I it's um Morgan Morgan Freeman, uh Michael Caine, and another old guy, and they rob a bank. It's actually decently funny. I wouldn't fucking move plans around to go see it, but if you are having a very boring evening and you just want to get out of the house, I'd go see it. Ends differently than I was expecting. Um, there are a couple of twists and uh, makes it makes it worth pretty enjoyable. Um, just for just an afternoon delight, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. I mean, I I have no interest in seeing it. I'm curious on why Zach Braff directed it. I think that's really weird to me that he's just going out and doing that. But more power to him. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't even know about that movie until last week. You told me it existed. <laughs> uh, I honestly didn't have any intentions of seeing it, but I just didn't have anything else going on. And I was like, oh, fuck. So, now, do you want to get to the main event? Yeah. You ready for this? I am so ready. You go first. Okay. Um, Fast 8 dropped. Uh, it ha- they just what announced it's the largest global opening ever. It made all the money this weekend, uh, and it's another Fast and the Furious movie. Same the past three. 
you know. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. They're they're utterly enjoyable movies. Uh, I'm just I'm getting to that point where I think I'm about done if they don't start doing something different. Uh, I see where they could take some really big chances and really make it uh, a blockbuster-esque movie. Uh, I feel like they've been striving for that with the last few movies. And this one is definitely the one where they took bigger chances uh, with the script anyway. Um, they hid a couple uh, they kept a couple of the reveals away from the trailers, so there are some twists that I wasn't expecting. Um, the cars are awesome, like they are in every. There's, it's kind of becoming a. Uh, oh my god, look at these pretty! I didn't even realize that these guys are so giddy about seeing those cars, but don't all of them have like thirty million, forty million dollars left? Wasn't the point of Fast Five that they all ended with so much money they would never have to do anything ever again? Yeah. Yeah. That makes me hate that one scene a little bit. Just like a shade. Well, listen, okay? Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of problems I have with this movie, and that's the least of them. Who? Okay. I'll get mine out of the way first. Um, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I thought it was a good... I thought it was a great Fast and the Furious movie. I thought it was a good, decent movie uh, starting into the spring lineup. Um, as far as in the line of movies, it's probably in the bottom half of movies. Um, the twist really got me. I was so per- I was incredibly surprised by that. Uh, they kind of missed a couple beats they could have made better with it. Uh, the action scene to start the movie, I thought was top notch. I fucking love that opening when they're in Cuba. Um, mainly talking about the car culture in Cuba and like them scrapping everything just to get these classic cars to run on the road. Um, I thought that was really awesome. And then that race was just insanity personified and I loved it. Uh, and then the movie started to kind of unravel about midway. Is that is that what you got? Uh, uh, there's there's some other issues with the movie, but I'll let you go first. Okay, uh, like I said, if you've seen the past, if you've seen five, six, seven, you know what eight is. So you know if you're gonna enjoy yeah. it. I like I said, it's still a watchable movie, but I felt this one out of those was the one where I was like, really? I'm starting to have problems with this. Um, one, I can see that. one, when Dom's all like, You want the old Dom? Get ready to see the old Dom. <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, no, that line was so bad. That line was the worst. I, I was expecting no, him to be. No, no, that line was the down. second worst of the movie. It wasn't when they about- when they br- when they brought you guys. So, why are we doing this? Just stop that. Like, it was to the point where it was a bad line and a bad delivery, but it just made me go. The old Dom stole DVD players. That's what the old Dom did. <laughs> I'm gonna be scared by that. 
Uh, yeah, but the old Dom also beat somebody to death with a, a monkey wrench or a. Uh, yes. You should have done more of that. So man, he- <laughs> the big fight scene near the end of the movie, I was like, Crescent Wrench. I'll be so satisfied with all of this movie. But it didn't come to pass. And I was like, I was a shade disappointed, but. Um, <sighs> two, two. I think it's ridiculous that you cast Charlize Theron as your villain and don't let her drive a fucking car or fight. Like, it's, it's borderline abusive to me. Uh, the best part of that is. Um, did you have the Atomic Blonde trailer before the movie? Yeah, and I had already seen the first trailer, the international trailer, and that one. So I yeah, know- so you see her kicking all kinds of ass, and then it's like, she's just standing around, hanging out. Yeah, she's going to do the least cinematic thing ever, and she's going to type, because we're going <laughs> to world. It's, it's- oh, man, there were hacking battles, and those were the worst. Absolutely I- the worst. It was the worst because it was just like, I'm going to turn the submarine on. Now I'm going to shut it off. Oh, you bitch. Now I'm turning it back on. Like, I never wanted It was to- literally, like, I really wish Letty would have just behind her been like, oh, no, you didn't. Like, was- that's what it needed. It did. Um, so I never want to see hacking in a movie again. Like, it's... it's Ever. Just, it's this omniscient fucking god power that doesn't make sense, and I don't want to see it. Too, or like, and it was great too because it was the hacking because they didn't cut away from it like they gave it its own scene for the hack fight and it's like nope nope this is a bad move yep bad move all around so there's one and two three three this is a movie oh wait, wait hold on hold on uh, Arnie is in is watching along right now and uh, he's asking about Ludacris hacking. Yeah. No, Ludacris isn't hacking, which sucks even more is because you have throwaway characters that have been introduced in this movie and the last having a hack fight, showing their superiority, and it's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, one and two. Three, it's a, this is a movie series that comically, to excess, leans on the idea of family. And these people all, and their family, but they go to Jason Statham, who murdered one of the, their family. To help. There's no, there is no world where I believe that Dom shakes Statham's hand and was like, "Good job, brother." Oh man, it's, it's uh, that was another point that I just couldn't get over um but i was also treated to this little bit of fan fiction where one of my friends is like you know that rock and statham are gonna kiss the next movie right and i was like you know what they probably will like i hope that it was such a weird chemistry involved for the entire movie i hope I hope the next one just starts and they're in a domestic partnership raising the Rock's daughter together. Uh, I'd be down with it. You know what? I'd be like, good on you, Fast 9 or Furious 9 or whatever you want to call it now. Uh, Four, 
There is no fucking reason that this movie should not have been called Furious. Because they do all that dumb shit with nothing. <laughs> Listen, I think they really wanted to. I think they posted, like, the first thing that said fate. And they're like, nope. Everybody, like, gave them so much shit about it. They're like, we're not doing it. We're not. Mm-hmm. It's the- and I was like, I don't give a fuck because I'd call it fate. It's the only time it would have worked. The only time, and I would have given Okay, so now here's the real problem I had with the movie. That's just dumb bitch cheating. Uh, so oh, any- so the, the family issue, I did want to come back to this for just to have a second. Um, That's where climatic point of the whole movie of them actually saving Dom was really well done. I think... It leaned on family way too heavily, but at least that point uh, paid off in the end. It's it's this weird thing where my favorite part of my favorite Fast and the Furious movie, which is five, is when him and, him and fucking Paul Walker, and he's just like, you're going to be a great father, Brian, because it's so fucking dumb that these meatheads are talking about family. <laughs> and I... And I uh. Everyone made fun of that and talked about it, and they're and like Diesel was like, they love the family stuff. We're good. They really love family. We're gonna keep doing. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, but anyway, my real one, and this is the real issue, and not just me picking apart dumb shit. Uh, and it's it's spoilers. So like, anyone who's watching along or going to watch and hasn't seen the movie You're yet, rough. you might want to fucking bail. So. Charlize Theron comes to Dom in Cuba and says, essentially, hey, I have your ex-girlfriend being held hostage because he doesn't know about his kid yet, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, I have your ex-girlfriend being held hostage and you're going to come work for me. Then there is an unspecified amount of time from then until he turns on his team in Germany. There's at least a while because they talk about how there's, he's had all these phone calls with encrypted message, right? So there's this huge period of time where he does not say anything to his superhuman team of car people that would have been able to take this person down, right? He doesn't say anything to him. What's he do? He allows himself to go on board, uh, steals the God's eye. While he is being held ostensibly prisoner on this plane, he uses the God's eye to find out where Luke Evans' character is. A friend from Cuba to come to New York to hide himself. Mm-hmm. Gets in contact with Shaw's mother. Uh, sets in motion the plan with Shaw. Finds the location of the GPS and puts a tracker. He does all this stuff. It's so convoluted. And instead, could have just been like, Hey, Rock, we need to get the team together and go take this girl down. Instead, it's it's a movie a movie jumping through hoops to try and do things instead of it being natural. And it's really yeah. dumb. It's really dumb. With that being said, it was just a ridiculous amount of fun. Yeah, and that's the thing. These these movies do not need to be two and a half hours long. 
uh, agreed. There could have been a lot cut out. This could have been such a tighter movie. I think that would have made it much better. Um, in fact, I think they could have even split it into two movies. Um, filled out a lot because it really felt as if they were like, new location, here's a little plot point. Boom, new location, here's a plot point. Like, they could have filled it out just a little bit better, gave a little more character depth to the new people they brought in. Um, but yeah, that two uh, two and a half hours is a bit much um, because you get these huge action roles, and it's like point. It it got to the last scene, and like that's at almost an hour worth. Uh, that whole setup and it's just it just started to drag real bad yeah it's 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 really weirdly paced and i i they need to come down and it's not just them like do you know how excited i am when i read a runtime and it's like 87 minutes like i wish myself i'm so happy like nothing needs to be this long unless you justify it and oh yeah not much justifies it anymore they just think it's spectacle, so it has to be long. Problem like, with the movie is that they get such fucking awesome and amazing cars and, like, talk about them, and they're so fucking cool, and then they just shred them. It's like they get a toy. Parents in the world, and they bought them whatever toy they wanted, and then they just stand in front of the kids that can't afford that toy and just smash it into the ground until it's nothing. And like that fucking Roadrunner in New York, that was such cool rundowns and everything. And it playing tug of war with five different cars was such a cool element. And then they just ripped the car apart for the fuck of it. Yeah. And then they but, destroyed the goddamn Charger again. I just want the Charger to survive a movie. It doesn't Why matter. Why can't I have that? He rebuilds it every time. <laughs> Scratch. I, I would assume he has all the stock parts in the world because he needs to build a new one every goddamn I hope in the next movie he's just driving a giant monkey wrench. <sighs> can't take it i just want the charger i i would rather have the charger survive and dom not that's that's what i it's hope all. i hope like someone's like pointing a gun at letty and trying to strap a bomb on the charger and he lets letty get shot to grab the bomb and take the blast to save the i'd also be all right with it <laughs> Rank your rank the fast movies, because I think we're I think we're gonna be relatively close on ours. I don't know if we are, because there's the point that I have not seen two or four. What? I mean, yeah. good on you for not seeing two. Four was decent. Yeah, like I mean, uh, four is definitely the the low rung of the the totem pole. Six, six, and eight were the first even-numbered Fast movies I had seen, and they are a couple of the worst, so I'm just not going to go back to two or four, ever. I mean, you're not wrong. Damn, I never even thought about that. 
shit. But um, it, I think going it, into okay, you go. It goes five. Five for sure is at the top because it's just this perfect mix of dumb fun. Like it's just great, and they dr- they fight cars with the safe. Like it's brilliant. So <laughs> for me, seven's my favorite one. Um, I think everything culminated perfectly. I think that ending was great um, for the circumstances they were put in. Uh, there are a few issues with it, but other than that, like the cars they used are great. Um, the whole premise of them put in this new playing field that they have no idea how to work around. Coming out reasonably unscathed worked. Um, also, the Charger kind of survives the movie. Uh, the Roadrunner from the beginning well, of the like, movie fucking gets blasted as shit. But. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll put seven at number two just because there's two times in that movie where Dom tries to solve a problem by driving a car into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what I'd do, so. <laughs> but Not no, if I had those sweet muscle cars. Fuck that. But yeah, so so yeah, it'd be five, seven, and then it's three, because who doesn't love Tokyo Drift? I think I'd have to go seven. Uh, I, then then I'd probably go five, and then I'd have to go three. The problem is, is I loved three until seven hit, and they missed such a good setup to bring them into the world, and like. They just kind of used it as a, well, we don't care about these characters, so we'll never revisit Tokyo again. <laughs> well, did you really want... kind of just burned me. One? Did you really want Little Bow Wow in this one? <laughs> I don't want Little Bow Wow in anything. But I think them intermingling the idea of drifting again um, with just the uh, all-out raw horsepower that they're putting into all these other cars... I think it'd make a great mix, but it seems like they have no intention to ever do that now. Well, I think 100% these movies aren't about cars anymore, and they haven't been for the past three or four movies. (sighs) Listen, I came to that realization after coming out of the theater of eight, and I was like, fucking hell. Because that's what I was in for. I thought that first movie done it so well, and they had the cutaways of just fucking going through the engine, just stupid, gratuitous engine porn. And I love that shit. I was so in. They fucking had the drags out in the fucking desert and shit. Wait, Number wait. one comes into my fourth spot. Did you not forget that those are called race wars? Don't forget. <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget race wars. <laughs> and they, and you know, Dom, whatever ethnicity he is supposed to be, created the race wars. Listen. Uh, I have a big problem um, because that first one actually showed them building a car and like messing with it. And like, they really haven't done that since I also have an issue with them plastering Dodge everywhere, especially just in the middle of Europe. Like everybody's driving chargers or challengers. Listen, it's like, come on guys, nobody's going to fucking haul a demon or a, challenger over to Europe. These guys are. But, to go to your other point, the first movie shows them working on cars and doing this because they were a terrible gang of DVD 
player thieves. And now they are superheroes saving the world every two weeks. Like, so they can't. Listen, they're just all, all cars. I want all of the cars, and I just want them racing cars. Why can't I have that? I, I love that they ended in New York City, too, like the least drivable city they could be in. Yeah, why weren't they in L.A.? Like, that's where they're all. That's where they all live. And at the end of the last movie, like they had their house and everything. And I don't know. There are definitely parts that it missed the mark on. I don't know. Not a bad movie, but not a great movie. Oh, by no. any stretch of the means. No, no. But I also knew it wasn't ever gonna be a great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth a watch, I guess. Yeah. The baby uh, scene was... Whoop. <laughs> the baby scene? <laughs> uh, the Statham scene, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <where's... laughs> uh, whoops. So, that... I mean, if you got this far, most of the movie spoiled. Yeah. Also, I, I guess I don't understand the concept of time in this series. Dude, I I, I had that issue too, but I, I pushed it to the side because it wasn't such a huge grinding point like Dark Knight Rises was. No, no, it was. Because, listen, if I have my chronology right, he hooked up with that Brazilian shit at the end of five. And at six, mm-hmm. they were still together. And she was working with The Rock. No, wait, that was seven. So it's no, six. No, 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 were still no, no. He would he would have been with her at the beginning of six when they were in whatever unnamed country that couldn't extradite him. Uh, found yes. out that he was still alive, and then left. But then at the beginning of six or seven, she was partnered with The Rock. Remember when Statham attacks the city and Rock gets? Oh yeah. So, and then she's pregnant and has a... And flies out a four-story window? Yeah, and has a child who's a few months old now. Like, the chronology... <laughs> they, they have got to tighten up number nine or this everything's going to unravel. And this is the series that went through large pains to realize that uh, number three was a prequel because Han died in it, you know? Yeah. They need to get their shit together. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. You hear that? You hear that, uh, Fast and Furious makers? Oh, and guess what? You got to run a tight ship. And it's all on one dude because they're different directors, but the same guy has written every one of the past five of them, I think. I thought it was a new one for this one. Nope, same writer. Fuck. I mean, awesome? I can't wait for Fast and Furious 9. I hope they introduce time travel because, honestly, they about cars anymore. They have to just go insanely unreasonable levels with these movies then. Yeah, I hope there's an alien invasion. That's what I'm hoping for. 9 or 10 is either time travel or space. Oh, I got it. I got it. It's the end time. The four horsemen of the apocalypse come in and they all have their own cars, right? Death driving in a white charger. Every movie I've ever wanted. 
<laughs> oh wait, they'd have to be Mustangs, right? They're all on white horses. Uh, Touche. No, because you could have Ferraris and uh, Ferraris, I guess. But yeah, Dom's black charger against the fucking white Mustang of death. That's the movie I want. That's fucking number nine. All I want. Um, I think it's it's a book I read a long time. I think it's uh, Pale Horse. He wrote it on Pale Horse, something like that. But he drives a white Countach. <laughs> yes. Get on it fast. We will write Fast Nine for you. Get Adam. Emails out. It's gonna have to happen. Get. Listen, everything that happened, just scrap it. Don't worry about it. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are coming. Bango. And Arnie, it, I swear to Christ, if it's all boats in Fast 9, I'll burn everything to the ground. <laughs> Nobody if, will remember the Fast and the Furious series. See, that, that's what happens. In 9 is the apocalypse, and then 10, there's no more gas, so they just walk everywhere. <laughs> there's no cars at all. Like, I'm so excited for the possibilities we, we laid out, but I'm also very terrified about the worst-case scenarios we just put in place. Fucking hell. Because he also said it'd be the Waterworld style. No, and then, so nine's the apocalypse, ten is, you know, they set up this fucking survivor's camp and whatever, and then it slowly fades out, and then fades back into the beginning of Mad Max. And all ten of these movies have been a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. Absolutely. Yes. I'm a charger tearing ass through the background. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. God damn it. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Fast and Furious 8, go see it. Also write some letters to the people making these movies. I feel like... God damn it. It, I I feel like regardless of our opinion, you know you're gonna see that movie or not. So whatever. Oh yeah, for sure. I also am probably gonna see it again Tuesday. Oh, I'm not. I think <laughs> yeah. I can give it one more. I think I got one in me because I really want to see that Roadrunner tear around in New York City again. But man, there was also. Did you notice like the CGI was really noticeable in this one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think they really upped their game as far as using... Um, well, I mean, they had definite high-stress fucking situations that they needed that CG for. It was also very over-the-top. It was also really noticeable. Like, that scene where The Rock is inside a prison, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? When he slides... No. Like, Gently drops to the floor in a slide, and then a CGI version of him shoots out 40 miles an hour into a fence. It's so bad. No, I don't recall that at all, because I remember the prison scene being awesome. Also, no, 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 that was another problem I had with Fast 8, is when did they just start killing people willy-nilly? Oh, uh, yeah, they just murder everyone in this movie. They, just, they got Russia. They were just like, fucking just shoot everybody. Yeah, it, it felt like... Oh, 
it felt like I was watching a Zack Snyder movie. Just he just starts murdering everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't agree with that, especially considering the last movie. Uh, they were put in a scenario where they had to shoot people to talk to Statham, and like they just couldn't pull the trigger. And that was Brian and Dom only. But like this one, fucking everybody's been training their gun skills, I guess, in the last unspecific time amount of time. Yeah, because like Ludacris just has a huge boner over having an automated gun on his tank. He's like, my turn. I'm sorry. That uses it once. (laughs) It gets one scene, and then he's like, well, I guess I can't shoot that anymore. Yeah, but then Dom rolls in and blows up 17 cars at once with a nice pit maneuver. (laughs) Oh, man. For being the villain and the hero of the movie. As soon as she called for a heat seeker, I was like, I already know where this is leading, and give it to me. Well, yeah, because there was nowhere else it was leading. So. Nowhere else. <laughs> so I'm assuming. Oh, man. I'm assuming they're going to bring her back. I mean, obviously, she's going to be. I mean, she's going to have to find Han, who's still alive, and they're going to bring him back into the fold. Oh, I honestly, if? the first point when she gave the camera to him, I I was like, oh fuck, Han's still alive. What if? What if she hacks him back to life? She hacks the life code and raises Han. <laughs> but like he turns zombie, so yeah. like the other chick is trying to hack him back to death. And remember, Han he eats all the time. He's always snacking. He's famine. <laughs> but this also this all happens on a spaceship, the International Space Station, which is in the. Sh- and they're trying to turn up the engine on it so it can fly faster. So I fucking- yeah, he's got to put the pop can t- tab in it so he can pull it. <laughs> uh, when that car lit on fire, I was like, well. Oh, well. And then he just fucking turns into reverse. I was like, oh, man. That reminded me of so much of uh, Dominator. So much. I was like, this is what is what. This is what's up. And then fucking... Was it neat? Or, uh... What was it? What? The Dominator game. To play. We used to play Burnout. Like, that was that first opening scene reminded me so much of it. I was like, now we're in. I'm in. And they didn't do that anymore. And also, please, please tell me why that dude would come to New York from Cuba to help out Dom. Uh, because it's super easy to travel from Cuba, I'm pretty sure. Why wouldn't you just get, pick up the phone? Just Dom hacks into a phone to do an encrypted line call the student and be like, I need you in this alley in New York to block. <laughs> I also like the the idea where he's under such close surveillance to make sure they're doing you know, that he's doing exactly what they want him to do, but they didn't notice him making calls to all these other criminals that she tried lining up. Yeah, and 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 not to say nothing. She obviously knew her way around a car. She that's how she got in to come over and whatever. She's highly surveilling everything he's doing. She didn't notice that he had a fucking kill switch. 
in the car to fucking. Oh, yeah, the car yeah that was. The, I was like, so they just gave him money to build his own car, and they just never checked it. Yeah, it makes no sense. I also like the fact that he just has spare spark plugs, like onto the side of the the engine compartment. So where he pulled the one from his engine, he's like, ah, it's a bad one. So I put a new one in, so it'll work fine. No, I imagine he was just like, she's a woman, so she won't know that. I just. <laughs> he just he just, it cuts to the engine side of the engine compartment. It's just hot rod in it with a fucking rubber ballot. Like, this is how you work on card, right? Uh, it would have been so great if he just like he put the hood down. He was just holding the whole engine block. He was like, I don't know. What <laughs> he just closes the engine, but like he's holding on to it. He's like, be right back. And just walks down the alleyway. Yes. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm spent. That's that's how we can help you, Fast and the Furious series. So do right by us. Yeah, hit us up. I'll write the next one for you. The apocalypse versus Dom. Of course. How would you fast horses of the apocalypse? Uh, what? How would we do it? It's fast nine. Fast nine, but nine you have it like looking like a four, and then it just has four schools above it. Yeah. Fast, fast four ish. Or the nine, you cast a shadow and it makes it look like six six six. Furious horses. <laughs> oh. Furious horses. Fury Fury horses. What if yeah. and then and, and then wow. the so in ten they have to ride horses because they won't have cars anymore and they soup up their horses. <laughs> if they have like a cutaway where they op like Pop open a hood on the horse and like just fucking wrench around on shit. I'm down. Yeah, like Dom sees someone coming at him and he's just like, "Oh well, like we got to make it faster." Just like rips the horse's mane off. He's like, "More." <laughs> he has a funnel, but he like breaks out his whiskey flask and just starts dumping it into a funnel. Go horse! Yeah, go. No. Oh Christ! That's all I have. I have no more on Fast and the Furious. That is all I've got. Um. What a wild week. Uh, what do you want to do next week, then? Uh, theatrically, uh, I'm going to go see Free Fire. What the hell is that? Uh, listen, just go see it, and you'll be good. God damn it. I don't think it's anywhere around me. It's it's opening. Like, it's not a limited release. Oh, listen, pal, I'm not in a big city like you are. Well, I'm maybe go... if, it, if it's in town, I will. Free Fire. Yeah, I'm gonna go okay. that. And did you have a Netflix movie? No, but I'll come up with one real quick. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, a little-known classic called Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> I believe we just did that. I don't remember it. Um, let's do 
Have you watched the Thirteen Reasons Why? I have not. I heard it's really good, though. Are we gonna binge that though? Do you want to watch the episode? Uh, yeah. Let's watch a couple of episodes. Okay. Thirteen. So let's do three episodes. Yeah, I we should be able to handle that. Okay. Actually, it looks like they're broken up that tape one, side A, side B. So we'll do four. Okay. First four. That's doable. Yeah. Four hours. That'll work. Cool. Righteous. So we got Free Fire, uh, Ghost in the Shell, you'll see. Yeah. So then we can talk about that finally. And then for episodes of 13Y. Sounds about right. Sounds good. Uh, Arnie, you know, you know Luke works at Menards. What are you doing? <laughs> Listen, I don't want anyone knowing anything about me, so quit saying my personal shit on he the doesn't, air. He doesn't work in Menards because he obviously works at Lowe's, sir? Look at me. Why home? would I work in the home department? So the I don't know. Would you ever believe <laughs> about home improvement? I would trust you for working on my house as much as I'd trust Dom Toretto working on my car. That's high praise. Thank you. I don't feel you know. that. People come in and like, can you design this house? And I'm like, you should go fuck yourself because look at me. <laughs> I just imagine you like in your corner of the store. And you just have sidewalk chalk. You're like, yeah, I can fucking design the shit out of this. And just start drawing on the ground everywhere. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> uh, if you want me to transpose that onto paper, it's going to cost you twice. <laughs> but I feel like chalk really sells the house. There you go. Oh, man. So we'll catch you next week. Jeez, I think we went an hour and a half almost. Jesus fuck. Oh, people needed to know about Fast Eight. I I guess real real quick before I knew this was gonna be a long episode, and that was before I didn't go see Ghost in the Shell. Uh, and we went for a while on Fast and Furious. Did you want to talk about Thor? That's what I was trying to get to at the beginning. So here's a little extra for you, because. Some dumb shit happened, but also some kind of cool shit happened. If you don't want to know anything about Thor, just fan, crazy fan theories at this point. Uh, he, you lead off. Okay, so last last week's episode, we talked for 25 minutes on that Thor trailer. It was the main point of discussion last week. We ended the episode. And then I watched the Thor trailer like four more times. And I <laughs> and I was just like, man, Hella is awesome. Hella looks great. Hella looks powerful. And then something dawned on me, so I shot you a text. So again, this is all speculation and whatever, but there are spoilers for the Infinity Gauntlet comic book series, which... Infinity Wars is presumably based upon. Now, in that, Thanos is collecting the Infinity Gems 
so that he will have control over reality, you know, because he is in love with death, the literal representation of death. And he is trying to impress her and does so by killing half the universe in that book. He just flings them out of existence. So, so I shot you a text basically saying, hey, instead of them introducing death again in the next Avengers movie, what if they're taking Hela, the goddess of death in Norse mythology, and putting her into that place within the movie series? Which makes a lot of sense to me. I also said that maybe that's why she's attacking Asgard, because she knows one of the Infinity Stones is there, and she's trying to get it for Thanos. That's where I threw it in. And then the internet went crazy with a bunch of other things. Um, so at that point, I started watching the Thor trailer at least 30 times an hour. <laughs> um, I honestly watched, I, I probably put a solid hour's work of just rewatching it and rewatching it. Um, I still love him a good song. Still the perfect choice for a two hour song, a two hour epic of just, just immigrant song and pictures. Um, I thought it'd be very, uh, I'm latched onto that Hella being the representation of death because I don't think any longer to put her in play, especially if Infinity War is next May, I believe. Uh, all, all I know is I think Black Panther's in February and then Infinity War's after that. So it's however okay. long. Um, also, we still have to find one Infinity Stone. Uh, I believe they've already said that they won't be showing up in the Guardians movie. Um, we were talking about how the Guardians aesthetic was kind of creeping into the Thor trailer. Um, and then it kind of, I saw a couple fan theories of, uh, Hela actually having the infinity stone on her, which would be the last one, which is the soul stone or the orange stone anyway. Um, I think that's the only way she has the power to break Monir. Um, think that Heimdall has it previously um luke's not a fan of this theory because it's <laughs> this is where we started diverging because this is a theory that's been around for years now right since the mcu started collecting infinity stones it was um i think by the time they introduced the third infinity stone the internet had latched on to this rumor and every time they introduce another one the internet makes it work but it it's it's no, no no I gotta look I gotta I'm looking it up to what you said and I was like oh my God it's probably Heimdall that has it because he has or he has orange eyes in the earlier movie as well as they showed off Ronan's purple eyes when he had the Power Stone uh, and and he was like um. Let's see. Uh, he immediately shut it down, said that's the fucking Thanos theory, which I, he didn't buy. I was like, what do you mean? Um, and then he told me that it's been around since they started going out and that the Infinity Gems spell out Thanos. And it's T for Tesseract, H for Heimdall, uh, N for Necklace, O for Orb, and S for Scepter. 
which I immediately said back, that's fucking stupid, which it is. It is. Um, I don't think it discounts the fact that Heimdall probably has the last stone, but not based on that stupid theory. Like, it doesn't make sense that they're naming some things just to make them fit where they have the necklace and fucking scepter for the other ones. And it's like, I can't, I can't get on base for that, but I can get on base for uh, I'm going to be a fucking badass because I feel like he would have the soul stone just to be able to see everybody in the nine worlds or whatever. But here's the thing. In Age of Ultron, Correct. Thor has to go to the Norns to get information on the stones. Has no idea what they are, doesn't know anything about it. Nobody knows. But there's also that part in Thor 2 where um, what's his name? Odin's telling the story of the Aether and he calls it an infinity gem. So I don't feel that Hemdal having it would be conducive. Because I think if Thor came back to Asgard at the end of Ultron and was like, we need the Infinity Stones, why wouldn't Heimdall just tell him he has it? Hmm. Uh, you also made a good point that like no real mortal could hold on to it and Ronan even has a problem smashing it into his hammer. Yeah. Which I could see that being the case with Heimdall. Yeah, it just wouldn't make sense for... Even though he is a god, there's still... I feel without the gauntlet, you can't control an infinity stone just by holding yeah. it. You know, yeah. I, I think what's his name? Vision gets away with it because he's not real. You know, it's not a real body being burned out by the. Well, power. it powers his mind too. So I mean, that's it's kind of being used as the the gauntlet would be. Yeah, but like like I said, in Guardians, Ronan, Ronan can barely hold on to it. Thanos literally looks shocked when he grabs it and holds it, you know, for as little yeah. he does. And then all the Guardians... Because Thanos is a demigod, isn't he? Or like a demi-celestial? Uh, I don't even know. Thanos is a big pile of poopy. That's what big I pile of poopy. You heard it first. I like yeah. Dark Side better. So, whatever. Ah, yes. <laughs> I'm not saying the movies are going to do it better, but it's oh a, another weird tangent. Uh, Thanos is played by Josh Brolin, who just got cast as Cable in Deadpool Two. <laughs> I'm uh, I I don't care necessarily about that because obviously the two universes are uh, devoid of each other. It is kind of weird, isn't it? Places in the story. Uh, Drogo was announced as Aquaman. What do you mean announced? That was like er, he's he's in Justice League, man. Is he? Fuck I know. I don't pay attention to DC that much. I just saw the new story pop up, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, Drogo getting some work." He was in Batman vs Superman, and I you saw that movie. You saw him in that movie. No, 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 no. Not Drogo. Not uh, fuck. Dolph Lundgren. Okay, there you go. Sorry, my bad. My apologies. I, I, I literally forgot one of uh, Momoa's famous acted roles is fucking Khal Drago. Sorry. What do you mean one? That one's on me. 
one of it's that and Conan that no one saw. So that's his one. Uh, yeah, but he also has. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. <laughs> anyway, since we went off topic after an off topic of trying to end, we can end this. All I'm saying is, Hella, I think is going to be more important to the MCU than it's showing in the trailer. Yeah, and also she still looks fantastic after watching the trailer a thousand times. Bingo, bango. Dude, it's that headdress. It's really going to... That headdress is going to do me in. Yep. So. Yep. So come check out us next week. We'll be talking Free Fire episodes of the one on Netflix that I can't remember right now. Uh, What else did we say we are going to do? Was that it? Yeah, I think that was it. Oh, you're going to see Ghost in the Shell, but I doubt that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, and you're going to see Ghost in the Shell, so we can finally discuss that. Um, I think that'll do it. Cool. Peace. Peace out, kids. We'll check you later.